I'm Daisha. And I'm Faith. And, and we, we are Women, Women of Faith, Faith Podcast. Welcome to our podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and comment down below. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. We would love to have Exciting news, everyone. We are thrilled to announce that we are looking for people of faith who have life-transforming testimonies. Do you have a faith story? A testimony where God did the impossible, moved a mountain by faith, performed a miracle? Healed you, transformed you, or turned a hopeless situation around? We want to hear from you. Shoot us a DM. We cannot wait to hear your inspiring story on our show. Hey, are you looking to grow in your relationship with God and boldly live out who he has called you to be? Well, I have the perfect resource for you. Check out my new book, God is Calling You, a devotional filled with journaling prompts, prayers, scriptures, and stories from my own life to encourage you in your faith walk. Purchase your copy today at lifeoffaith.store. Again, lifeoffaith.store. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to our podcast, Women of Faith Podcast, and we are so excited to just dive right into our Faith Stories series. So our Faith Stories series essentially is a a series that we're doing with our guests, and essentially they're going to be telling their stories about what God has done in their life, what they've been through, what they've gone through, and how God has moved in their life. Yes, and so today we have a special guest, my Uncle Julian. (laughs) Yes. And he's just going to really share his testimony. Um, He has a life-transforming testimony. Um, And I'm just going to give you a little summary of who he is. So he's a husband, a father, um, a teacher, preacher. And actually, just tell us a little bit more about yourself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, let's start from the beginning. Um, I was raised Roman Catholic. So I went to Catholic school, went to Roman Catholic High School here in uh, Philadelphia and, you know, brought up in the Catholic faith. But in my junior year at Roman, I had a conversation with my mother and essentially said that, that I did not want to go to the Catholic Church anymore because what the priest was saying on Sunday and, I, you know, instead of sermons, they used the word um, homily. I told her I didn't feel that that was applicable to my life. And, you know, I finished up at Roman and, uh, you know, essentially disconnected myself from Roman Catholicism. But then right after high school, uh, June, real literally in June, um, I became a fiber center. And for those of you who don't know, fiber centers are an offshoot of the Nation of Islam. And basically... What they do, they literally say that the black man is God. Mm-hmm. And so a few months before going to Holy Cross College in Massachusetts, you know, I became a father center and, you know, I'm calling myself God. And, you know, I, I adopted the name. My uh, father center name was Jasim, J-A-S-I-M. And so I was calling myself um, Jasim Allah. 
you know, that's for days. So what pulled yeah. you into that? Well, it was, it was, there were, first of all, the Nation of Islam in the late 60s, early 70s in my neighborhood was flourishing. Uh, we had um, Temple Number 12 at Broad and Susquehanna, was one of the biggest, um, one of the largest temples, I guess, apart from New York and Chicago. And I don't know, I think because I had left uh, Roman Catholicism, that kind of op- opened me up, maybe not so much in a good way, mm-hmm. to even though I, I had heard this before, now all of a sudden my ears was perked up to it. And so for three years after that, so at this time I'm 17, mm-hmm. so from 17 to 20, you know, I'm a father center, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a vegetarian. Uh, but, you know, basically, uh, you know, apart from they had this large binder they call um, – mathematics and you're just learning i mean looking back it's really crazy but you know even today when I, when i hear certain children's names or i hear certain people's names I, you know i might ask the mother or i ask them i said was somebody in your family a father center wow. and they said well how do you know i said because they adopt these you know they did literally what what i did to get my name jasim i just literally put j-a-s-i-m together mm-hmm. i just literally put it together and um, so you hit, you know, uh, Ron Du and um, Koran and, and I hit names like that. I said, you know, w- w- were you involved with a fiber center wow. in a man or something like that? And, you know, so. Yeah. But what's beautiful about your story is, you know, you started out Roman Catholic and then you became a Muslim, but then God transformed your life and you became a follower of Christ. And so we really want to dive into what led to that transformation, um, and just share more about um, your life-transforming testimony and what led you to the faith. Okay. So when at 20, when I left, uh, I had some incidents. Um, I got sucker punched in February of 1977 and left my eye bloodshot. Wow. So that was on a Saturday. So that Monday, on my way to Wills Eye Hospital, which then was at 16th and Spring Garden, you know, now, you know, you see the gray, so I'm dating myself. <laughs> uh, I, got, I got hit by a car crossing Ridge Avenue. Thank God it wasn't serious. Got a contusion on my thigh. So while I'm there for a day or so, I'm in Jefferson Hospital. That's when I really, you know, I, you know, with the little bit of what Roman Catholicism taught me, I'm like, okay, God, I believe you're trying to get my attention. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so what happened, a uh, brother named Sharif, who had been a fiber center, he had now converted to Islam. And he came, visited me in the hospital. He said, you know, you know, look, we already know that the black man or no man is, you know, is God. Mm-hmm. And you need to come out of that and you need to come you know, to the mosque. And so about June of that year, I started going to the mosque on Columbia Avenue around 2019 for Columbia. And so um, I took my shahada. And all that means is that, you know, the Muslim raises their right hand and their right finger and says there's no God but Allah. Muhammad is his messenger. So from that time until I was 32, you know, I was a Sunni Muslim. Well, along the way, uh, we were selling clothes up at 52nd Street, you know, uh, from Thursdays to Fridays. And 
where we were selling it at was between at, at that time you could not vend, be a vendor on, on uh, 52nd Street. So we had the white truck parked on Ludlow. We wasn't on 52nd Street, but it was on Ludlow. So as people were walking by, they could see us. But we were selling women's clothing. And so at the time, that's when I first met um, met Debbie. Mm-hmm. We, <laughs> which is um, obviously Faith's on. Yeah. But at the time, you know, we, I think I was a little more serious about some things than she was. And so we started, you know, this game went on. She gave me a phone number. I called. She put her mother, Trisha, on the phone <laughs> to think that that was her. And I was like, okay, look, I don't need all this. So what happened, she had to walk to the L. And so on Thursdays and Fridays when she was coming off the L, I started to taunt her. And I started to, you know, just taunt her, get on her nerves. And then finally we started to date. But that only lasted till like the new year. And then, you know, I went to, I went back to school. I started going back to Temple, and we just kind of parted our ways. And then, uh, I think in 1980, mm-hmm. uh, at this time, I was working with special needs children, but I had to leave my job to finish school. So I was going to my supervisor's house, got off at 15th Street where the clothespin is, and looking back, as God would have it, um, um, Debbie was there. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, why, you know, why is she there? She's so, you know, I forget all the circumstances, but you know, so I never made it to a supervisor's house for the little party or get together she was having. We wanted to go into Rittenhouse Square and, and we talked. And I told her at the time there was somebody at Temple that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. And but I said, if that doesn't pan out. You know, then maybe we can, you know, we can get back together and talk. <laughs> so obviously that didn't pan out. Mm-hmm. So Debbie, and I, you know, we started talking again in in 1982. Uh, we got married. Wow. But now at the time, I'm still Sunni Muslim. Right. She's a Christian. Yeah. But I'm, you know, I'm not really feeling her Christianity. When I say that, I mean like I know, you know. I was a Muslim. I'm praying five times a day. I'm doing, you know, going to the mosque on Friday. I'm doing what the Muslims supposed to do. And even though at the time I had visited the church that they were at then, I just, it was just nothing that was um, emanating out of that church, even though I had respect for the pastor and all that I felt was going to draw me, you know, uh, under Christianity. So, you know, at the time, she already had Gina and, you know, Salim and Tamika came along. And and those are his children. Right. <laughs> yeah. Regina, Salim and Tamika. And they're going to, they're going to uh, at the time, a Robinson Chapel, 52nd and Gerard, along with, you know, my mother-in-law, you know, um, their grandmother, Mrs. Dolores. Mm-hmm. And in 1988, but at the same time, her their mother, Patricia, and Arlene, because by this time Arlene had come back from Chicago to live in Philly, they members of Beulah. Mm-hmm. And so in 1988, I believe it was around August, Debbie and the girls joined Beulah. So my mom, Arlene, and Aunt Debbie? Right, but Arlene. your mother and Arlene was already there. Oh, okay. 
I think uh, Pat was there, Patricia was there first, and Arlene came in member Bueller, and then, you know, um, Debbie came. And so I remember, you know, when she got baptized and all of that, and I could see a change in her faith mm-hmm. when she went to Bueller. Uh, okay. And because what I was doing, what I would do with my little bit of Roman Catholicism, I would kind of tease her, you know, you don't know the... You don't know the Bible, you know, this and that. Now, at the time, neither did I. <laughs> but because I was Roman Catholic, I knew just a little bit. You know, I maybe knew some Bible stories and this and that. But her faith, I could see, even without being a Christian, she was growing her faith. Because wow. certain things, like, you know, like Halloween, like, no, they, no, they can't do that. And it's that, which is great for me because, you know, I wasn't feeling Halloween anything anyway. But um, I could just see the change. And so I believe, you know, she had, she had told Pastor Ruffin, who was a pastor at the time, you know, my husband, my husband is a Muslim. And she said, well, you know, you just have to pray and trust the Lord, you know, for your husband. And so the church, Beulah had a marriage enrichment ministry, and they were, and, and they were going on retreats. So, and I believe it was 89, I went on a retreat. So... As a Muslim, what would make you even want to go on a retreat? What led to that? What made me go on the retreat is that I was married. Okay. Just people, you know, I said, look, that's the fact that I'm a Muslim and she's a Christian did not take away the fact that we were husband and wife. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I went, you know, I went and, you know, the people, you know, you know, they knew I was Muslim and uh, not that they made me feel comfortable in the sense of not sharing Christ. But they didn't make me, you know, it wasn't like they were bashing me mm-hmm. or they were attacking me. And so, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, we came back from the retreat. And, you know, how was the retreat? And, you know, you should read John, the Gospel of John and all that. And I'm listening to him like, you know, <laughs> look, I went to the retreat. I have no intentions of reading the Gospel of John or anything <laughs> else. I'm going to keep being a Muslim. So then in 1990, and this was up at Blue Mountain, they have, they have a retreat again. So I go, and matter of fact, my mother and father, my mother-in-law and father-in-law, Mr. Mr. Campbell, were there that also. So, you know, again, um, we're at the retreat. Again, I go because I'm married. I'm not going up there because I'm trying to convert to Christianity. But what we would always do on a Sunday, or what they did on a Sunday, they would have what they call I'm a getaway sermon. And people would start, you know, uh, testifying about what the Lord had did for them. I'm saying, oh, wait a minute, we came up here on a Friday, Saturday, here's Sunday. How could God do anything in three days? Mm-hmm. So they, they, you know, so they're testifying about, you know, the marriage had been strengthened and this and that. And so they asked me, did I have anything to say? And I said, well, maybe I, you know, maybe I would, you know, Maybe I'll, maybe I'll give this Jesus I'm going to try. So Reverend Henley, who's now Pastor Henley at the time, he gave a sermon. We called, we called it I'm a getaway sermon. And after he gave the sermon, he gave an altar. You know, he asked anybody who accept Christ. Well, I raised my hand, and they just went off. Wow. People hollering, screaming, jumping up and down. Like, That's beautiful. So, so I'm looking around like, what is all this? But what I didn't know is... She had, Debbie had had people praying. They wow. praying Amen. the past year. Yeah. So look, if you come back, maybe accept Christ. And so from, we got back from the retreat, mm-hmm. 
that Friday, even even before I um, uh, joined Bill, or I had already started going to the new members class and, you know, things like that. So uh, it was, I think that what it was, Islam does not necessarily have anyone. You don't have testimonies or you don't have people saying what um, Allah has done in their life and this mm-hmm. and that. And that, you know, when they was doing that that Sunday, you know, that kind of stuck with me. That resonated with me. And I said, you know, man, you know, maybe it's, it's what they have is, is more than what I have. Mm-hmm. You know, because I thought when I became Muslim, you know, I thought I had found God. You know, I was praying five times a day, doing Ramadan and doing all the things that the Muslims are supposed to do. But it, you know, it it, it wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't know, I didn't know anything about the Bible and I didn't know anything. But I knew that at that point that I was make I was going to make that, yeah. I was going to make that change. So how can you say that? Like, what's different about like who you were then to who you are now? Yeah. Well, Islam, it, it's, it's, it's ironic because now I'm, I teach this in cults and I teach Islam. You know, uh, as long as you did the five pillars, what they call it, and this, this and that, it gave you a sense that you were in good standing. It had nothing to do with what necessarily God did for you. Wow. It was more so what you were doing, what was required. And Christianity didn't present that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it wasn't that. It was more about what God had did for you Amen. and not what you were trying to do, what you were trying to work wow. to do. And now, again, at the time, you know, I'm just, you know, what we would call, you know, I'm a babe. But because... You know, I was, you know, because Pastor Ruffin was there at the time, because how he taught and how he preached, that's what I needed. Wow. You know, because he made it plain. He made it very uh, practical. Yeah. And it was like, wow. I mean, you know, um, I went to college and all this, and nobody ever, you know, he was talking about, you know, um, how to be a man, how to be a husband, women, how to be a wife, how to be a man of God, and all that. And it was like, those just... It just, I had never been introduced to that, mm. or I had never been exposed to that. Yeah. So looking back, I know that coming out of um, Islam and coming to Beulah, because Pastor Ruffin was there, uh, that's what I needed. I mean, I needed that. That's because the other thing that happened, as I started to grow in the Lord, anytime I thought about it, anytime somebody mentioned being a Muslim, it for me, um, it was shame. Mm. Now, I mean, not that I did anything wrong, per se, but it was like, you know, how did I get steered, you know, steered into that, knowing now that that's not, that's that's not the truth. And, you know, I told people now, even when I teach about cults and false religions, that when people come out, Mm. that's going to be there. Mm. Because, and you have to let them know, look, you shouldn't feel you shouldn't beat yourself up or feel guilty because, you know, obviously there's millions and millions of people who are led that way. And at the time, you believe, or at least, you know, and I believe, that this was the way to God. Yeah. Because this was this was this was what was this is what was presented. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what advice would you give to someone maybe that 
is dealing with that shame right now. They came out of um, Islam and they're a Christian, but they they still have shame from their past. Uh, they shouldn't feel they shouldn't feel or experience. I shouldn't say experience because that's going to be there. But they shouldn't feel any shame about what they were in because at the time you. You were led to believe or you believe that this was the way to, to God. Yeah. This was the way. This was going to transform my life. This was going to, you know, get me out of the doldrums or, you know, this was going to give me hope. You know, everything, you know, now I found my purpose in life. Yeah. So it shouldn't be any shame, anything like that. It's, it's um, you, you, you come to understand as you grow in Christ that the devil is the ultimate deceiver. Mm-hmm. And he actually uses people in Islam, Mormonism, Jehovah Witnesses, uh, Father Centers, and you know any other kind of religion that's not Christianity to draw people out. Wow. So yeah. And what would you say is different? Like, what do you have now as a Christian that you know you didn't have as a Muslim? Like, what? made the difference in your life? Yeah. Well, I think the greatest difference, I believe the greatest difference is that I have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. In Islam, there's no relationship with um, Allah. There's no, you know, you a Muslim would never call Allah his father. Mm-hmm. And yet I can call God my heavenly father. Yeah. And I know from reading and being taught through the scriptures and teaching it myself, I can actually like almost, you know what God God has told you what he's, he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do for you. Yeah. And so I think, I believe that's the difference. Yeah. Yeah, that's the difference. And what can you say? Because I know that there are people who um, may date someone that isn't a Christian, maybe, maybe a man that's a Muslim, mm-hmm. and they think that maybe they can have a successful marriage being that way. So what advice would you give to that person? <laughs> I would tell them, what the Bible says, that light cannot be with darkness, that um, righteousness cannot be with unrighteousness, and that um, we should not be unequally yoked. What I've seen since I've been a Christian is that because a lot of their women, even, you know, uh, society uses this term, you know, their clock is ticking or things Mm -hmm. like that, they have told me, well, he believes in God. Mm. And that was enough for them. And, I, you know, it's like, no, it's, you know, the Bible says the devil believes in God and, it, yeah. and the devil trembles. So, it, yeah, it's, it, I mean, I'm not saying that you can't be married, but at some point there are going to be issues. Mm-hmm. There are going to be issues. Yeah. Yeah. Now, question, issues. what if they were like, well, it didn't happen like that for you. <laughs> what would you say? Um, I think that what the difference was, I never told Debbie, because what they were telling her were, was at some point he's going to make you become a Muslim. I know. What are you talking about? My yeah. mom. <laughs> and... I had no problem with them going to church. 
Um, and, you know, when the girls were singing the choir, things like that, um, there were times, you know, that I would go, mm-hmm. you know, and see them. So I was never, I never pressured her. It was never anything, you know, that I said, well, you know, at some point, you know, you're going to have to take a shahada. You're going to, you know, you're going to become a Muslim. You're going to have to be garbed. You're going to have to go to the mosque and all that. No, I never, mm-hmm. I never, I never said that to her. So I think it worked. It was working because I never was saying you can't do this, you can't do that. And, you know, you know, there was no laws or restrictions or anything like that did, which I know some people would say that sounds somewhat unusual. But really, but literally, that's how it was. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I never, you know, look, I, you know, I wasn't saying, you know, why you, why you had two services and why you going out to church during the week or this and that. Yeah. There was yeah. like an openness that you had right. to feel it, towards it and God used that, even right. though it wasn't like the typical situation, like the, the Christian equally yoked relationship, but God still right. used but it. In, but in essence, by yeah. doing that, what happened mm-hmm. is that he was drawing me yeah. right. <laughs> to himself, <laughs> even though, you know, I wasn't eating pork, you know, I wasn't going to going to church. I mean, they would be at church. I'd be on watching, you know, be on watching the football games, and they would come home from church and whatever. But, uh, but I, but I believe what happened somewhere down the line is that again, because the church had that ministry, is that even look, why don't you see if your husband would come on a retreat? Mm-hmm. You know, he, he he won't be pressured. Nobody would make them feel comfortable mm-hmm. and whatever. And I, I looking back, you know, that opened the door. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I actually went to three retreats. I went to a retreat. I went to a couple's retreat at, um, oh, Lord, many times I've been there. Screw <laughs> Lake. Mm-hmm. Big couple's retreat uh, with, uh, with Mark Oden and his group. Uh, took like three or four buses. Uh, went up there with them. And then, you know, a couple times, you know, Bill, and again, you know, maybe somebody would say, well, look, you know, brother, you're, you know, you were being kind of naive. Say, that, look, that's my wife. So, you know, that's where, you know, so that's where I wanted to be. My connection was that was my wife. The fact that I was Muslim and she was Christian, at least um, during those instances, wasn't, that wasn't, to me, that wasn't the issue. Mm-hmm. But again, unbeknownst to me, that was um, that was God's drawing card. Yeah. He was saying, you know, and again, I think Pastor Ruffin and other people were encouraging and say, look, you know, that's still your husband. You're yeah. still his wife. And you just have to do what First Peter says in First Peter 3. Peter says that you can win your husband by your godly lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That's what he says. And, uh, and again, he's not talking about. Uh, someone being Muslim, he just talking about, look, you, you know, your husband's not saved. Yeah. You know, so, but again, I would have to say where I'm at now in the Lord, and yeah, obviously my position and all is um, God is under no, um, see, when you say that happened for you, it would happen for me, but don't provoke God like that. Mm, yeah. Because, you know, you, you know, God is under no, there's nothing for God to say, well, you going into that knowing that yeah. God is saying you're provoking me, yeah. or you're the woman saying um, that 
arm that you can change him. Mm-hmm. Like Pastor Robert told you, look, we can't even change ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So I ain't going to change him. Yeah. Why don't change her? Yeah. So that's what I would say, you know, be, you know, uh, be careful with that because uh, and it, the people that, I, that I've known who have done that, they went in there knowing that. Wow. And, you know, of course, I didn't say, well, you know, you know um, you're provoking God. But, you know, I say, you know, you, you can't make God do that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's whatever is in his will. And right. we thank God that it was in his will yeah. for you to become saved and yeah. know yeah. him, have a relationship with him. But we were so excited yes. to feature you on our show. We hope you guys learned. Um so much advice and wisdom and you just sharing your testimony of faith um, was just an encouragement today for our listeners and even yeah. us. So we hope you guys enjoyed and we'll see you next time.